Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi there, this is going to be for Isaiah chapter 33. A key to understanding this chapter is to carefully watch to whom and about whom Isaiah is speaking. These elements shift throughout the chapter, possibly leaving the reader confused. Use of varying subject and verb forms, sometimes rendered more clearly in modern languages other than English, provide a clue for following these shifts. And that's from Isaiah, the Times of Fulfillment. Most of the quotes I have in here, unless I otherwise stated from that book. Verse 1, A woe oracle against Sennacherib. Woe to thee that spoileth, Spoilest, and thou wast not spoiled, and dealest treacherously, and they dealt not treacherously with thee. When thou shalt cease to spoil, thou shalt be spoiled, and when thou shalt make an end to deal treacherously, they shall deal deal treacherously with thee. For the latter days, this verse describes a state of violent anarchy and terror in which marauders roam about, seeking victims whom they might harm, pillage, and rob. Doctrine and Covenants describes the same or similar conditions, and it shall come to pass among the wicked that every man that will not take his sword against his neighbor must needs flee unto Zion for safety. Verses 2 through 6, the righteous praise the Lord in prayer. O Lord, be gracious unto us. We have waited for thee. Be thou their arm every morning, their salvation also in the time of trouble. Lord, defend us. At the noise of the tumult, the people fled. At the lifting up of thyself, the nations were scattered. And your spoil shall be gathered like the gathering of the caterpillar as the running to and fro of locusts shall he run upon them, marauding pillagers as, they, as these nations are destroyed. The Lord is exalted, for he dwelleth on high. He hath filled Zion with judgment or fairness and righteousness, ethically right, the inhabitants of Zion will be blessed during the time of great destruction. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times, and strength and salvation the fear of the Lord is his treasure. The Lord's greatest treasure is the righteousness of his people. The latter-day righteous of Israel will be saved from tribulation, invasion, and pillaging through their wisdom, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. Verses 7 to 14, the wicked are burned at Christ's second coming. Behold, their valiant ones shall cry without, the ambassadors of peace shall weep bitterly. The highways lie waste, the wayfaring man ceaseth. He hath spoke. He hath broken the covenant, or annulled the treaty. He hath despised the cities, he, regarded, he regardeth no man. Violence, anarchy, and possibly natural disasters have destroyed the highways to the extent that no traveler can continue. The earth mourneth and languisheth. Lebanon is ashamed and hewed down. Sharon is like a wilderness, and Bashan and Carmel shake off their fruits. Now will I rise, saith the Lord. Now will I be exalted. Now will I lift up myself. Ye shall conceive chaff. Ye shall bring forth stubble. Your breath as fire shall devour you. Chaff and stubble emphasize that the temporal fruits of the daily labors of the wicked are of no permanence and would be burned like a grain field after the harvest. The main efforts of their lives were of little consequence. Left undone were the important spiritual matters to which they ought to have paid the greater attention. Verse 12, And the people shall be as the burnings of lime, as thorns cut up shall they be burned in the fire. Complete destruction of the wicked at the second coming. Hear ye that are far off what I have done, and ye that are near acknowledge thy might. Acknowledge my might. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness hath surprised the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? 
who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings or eternal glory. Verses 14 to 17, righteous dwell in everlasting burnings. He that hath he that walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly, he that despiseth the gain of oppressions or profit by extortion, that shaketh his hands from holding of bribes, that stoppeth his ears from hearing of blood or bloods or violence, and shutteth his eyes from seeing evil. In our day, closing our eyes to evil includes avoiding media whose purpose is to promulgate evil, such as pornography or offensive programming on television and in movies i.e. from being a participant in evils. Joseph Smith taught that some men shall rise to the everlasting burnings of God, for God dwells in everlasting burnings, and none shall rise to the damnation of their own filthiness, which is as exquisite a torment as the lake of fire and brimstone. In one of the most beautiful scriptures of the Old Testament, the Lord asked who would be able to abide this devouring fire, and then described the kind of person that would be able to abide. Bruce R. McConkie discussed Isaiah's question of who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings, that is, who in the church shall gain an inheritance in the celestial kingdom, who will go where God and Christ and holy beings are, who will overcome the world, work the works of righteousness and enduring in faith and devotion to the end, hear the blessed benediction come and inherit the kingdom of my Father. Isaiah answers, Elder McConkie continued, Now, if I may, I shall take these words of Isaiah, spoken by the power of the Holy Ghost in the first instance, and give some indication as to how they apply to us in our circumstances. First, he that walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly, that is, building on the atoning sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, we must keep the commandments. We must speak the truth and work the works of righteousness. We shall be judged by our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. Second, in that he that despiseth the gain of oppression... That is, we must act with equity and justice toward our fellow men. It is the Lord himself who said that he, at the day of his coming, will be a swift witness against those that oppress the hireling in his wages. Third, he that shaketh his hands from holding of bribes. That is, we must reject every effort to buy influence and instead deal fairly and impartially with our fellow men. God is no respecter of persons. He esteemeth all flesh alike, and those who keep his commandments find special favor with him. Salvation is free, it cannot be purchased with money, and those only are saved who abide the law with which its receipt is predicated. Bribery is of the world. Fourth, he that stoppeth his ears from hearing of blood and shutteth his eyes from seeing evil. That is, we must not center our attention on evil and wickedness. We must cease to find fault and look for good in the government and in the world. We must take an affirmative, wholesome approach to all things. Verse 16, he shall dwell on high, his place of defense shall be the munitions or fortifications of rocks. Bread shall be given him, his waters shall be sure. The Lord will defend the righteous followers and will provide them with bread and water during times of destruction and turmoil. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty, they shall behold the land that is very far off. That's probably talking about Adam on Diamon. Uh, Verses 18 to 24, the restoration of Zion. Thine heart shall meditate in terror. After this life is over, we will look back at our fears or evil enemies in death. Where is the scribe or tallyman, i.e., of the former Assyrian conqueror? Where is the receiver? Where is he that counted the towers? Thou shalt not see a fierce people, i.e., any more foreign invaders, a people of a deeper speech than thou canst perceive, and and of a stammering tongue that thou canst not understand. The righteous will not see fierce invading armies who speak in incomprehensible language. Stammering tongue refers to the effect of on the ear of an un, uncomprehended syllable spoken in rapid cadence. To one not familiar with a foreign language, it sounds very res, 
It may resemble stammering or stuttering. The stammerers are an invading army sent to destroy those who fail to heed the message of the first stammerers, missionaries. So that might be Russia, that might be China that might be attacking, and they're the foreign language that we can't understand. Look upon Zion, the city of our solemnities, that which takes place every year, meaning religious feasts and ceremonies. Thine eyes shall see Jerusalem, a quiet habitation, a tabernacle that shall not be taken down. Not one of the stakes thereof shall ever be removed, neither shall any of the, record, any of the cords thereof be broken. Bruce R. McConkie said, the, world, the word stakes in prophetic imagery, Zion is pictured as a great tent upheld by cords, fastened securely to stakes. Thus, Isaiah, envisioning the latter-day glory of Israel gathered to her restored Zion, proclaimed, Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thy ha thine habitations. Spare not, and lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. For a small moment have I, have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. And of the millennial Zion, Isaiah exulted, Look upon Zion, the city of our solemnities, a tabernacle that shall not be taken down, not one of the stakes thereof shall ever be removed, neither shall any of the cords thereof be broken. In keeping with this symbolism, the great areas of church population and strength which uh, which sustain and uphold the restored Zion are called stakes. They are the rallying points and the gathering centers for the remnants of scattered Israel. Verse 21, But there the glorious Lord will be unto us a place of broad rivers and streams, Jackson County, Missouri, or with us a, maj a majesty in a place, wherein shall go no, no galley with oars, neither shall gallant ship pass thereby. Zion will be protected from invaders. For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our, is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. Thy, the ship, tacklings, are loosed. They, the men, sh could, not well, could not well strengthen their mast. They could not spread the sail. Then is the prey of a great spoil divided. The lame take the prey. The enemy is, a weak, is weak compared with the Lord. And the inhabitant shall not say, I am sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. So anyway, that's the end of the chapter. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.